Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday the 29th of August. This week we preview the Waterford and Carlos Senior Hurling Finals and talk to one of the country's top athletes. So it's all about getting over the line on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we speak to the man that was in the thick of this battle. Robertson and Tobin to the line! Can't separate them! What a race! We hear from inside the Ball and Killing Camp ahead of their first county final in 16 years. The preparations during the week have been outstanding. The smiles on the lads' face, the buzz going around the place, it's uh, it's a great feeling. And we speak to our August Club Focus winners, Carlo Rowing Club. But first, uh, Passage Manager Michael Welch joins me on the phone ahead of their third Waterford Senior Hurling Final against Ballygunner in just seven years. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. So two big county finals on this week. Later on, we'll be speaking to Tommy Comerford, the manager of Ballinkillen for the Carlo Senior Hurling Championship final. But I have with me at the moment, Michael Welch um, from uh, Passage Hurling Club. It's funny, actually, Michael, both yourself and Tommy are both Kilkenny men but managing in separate county finals. So um, I suppose, yeah, it's just such a difficult um, time. And, uh, you know, for yourself, obviously coming in, I know you coached, like as you say, last year, but coming in as manager this year, um, you know, that league campaign is so important to kind of, you know, get your ideas across and, and to kind of, I know obviously what you're doing is, is a bit of a continuation on what was there before, but still, you know, the guys reacting to a new man in charge. Um, was that kind of lack of time over the last couple of months difficult for you in terms of trying to get your stamp on the team, even though you weren't able to train and you weren't able to get together? Um, it was, uh, yeah, because we actually, you know, we had started uh, in a way that we were kind of, well, to do things a little bit differently, as you say, and uh, set up a little bit differently. And we had been working on that pre-lockdown, and then it came. But the good thing is, I suppose, we had an, a good bit of work done, but not enough in what we were trying to do. And uh, But bit by bit, then, since we've come back, it has it has improved. And, and uh, you know, Pat Carney um, came in as a coach, and he's he's just brilliant. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's really done very, very well in in getting the ideas that we've decided across to the lads and they have responded very well to him and uh, you know it's 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 that way like it, you know it was a bit of a a short time but look it was the same for everyone but as you say we were new we were new to the thing and we we tried to do a few different things and and look it's so far so good as they say um your opening game is against Tallow 118 to 17 point win how mm-hmm. important was that in terms of kind of getting off the mark because obviously you know I know two from three go come in from that uh, group stage but having Bally Gunner in that group you probably knew that that game between yourselves and Tallow was really going to decide who was going to go through to the knockout stages you're dead right. So um, that was exactly the way it was. Um, it was a, a straight away we were involved in knockouts. Um, it was whoever won, one was going to go through, and that's, that's the truth, and that's the way you have to be about this thing. And um, so, like, you know, Tala had the benefit of the game against Bally Gunner, and we know now the benefit of that is worth a loss, you know. So that was a concern. And as I said, we were still a bit under strength then because we had a number of players that were only either coming back or were barely back. We still had to do without an awful lot of good players and um, I, I was absolutely thrilled to get over that, the line in that match I thought it was a great performance because um, 
as I said, you know, it was our first game and we didn't really know where we stood because of, of one thing and another and it just was thrilled. We got off to a great start and we kind of held that for the game. We kind of, we came under pressure as I would have expected to, but uh, to get that win was massive for us. Look, looking into that game now against Ballygunner, um, second time round, yep. you guys obviously scored 11 points from set piece. Um, Martin O'Neill scored 11 points from set piece, 65 and 10 frees. Yep. How important is that going to be in terms of trying to beat Ballygunner? Because obviously we know that they're an extremely stylish team but as we saw last year in the Munster Hurling final um, uh, Barcelli were able to kind of I know on a dirty day in Cork all the same but kind of bring it down to their level and uh, almost um, and kind of they, they, you know a lot of freeze for Brendan Maher so is that kind of the, the, the key to your game plan going forward trying to drag them down trying to kind of, kind of bring them to a sort of a level that means they can't kind of play that flowing expressive hurling we're used to seeing from the Gunners over the last couple of years Yeah no, I, I, I think the, I think that you know, in fairness, the, uh, you, you take it back to where it is, and that's in Waterford, and they've, they've won 37 or 38 games on the trot. And I think, you know, everybody's tried everything, and, uh, you know, it's, it hasn't worked. So, um, you know, look, at we, we obviously will we'll be making every effort to, to come across with a big, big plan. And, you know, we, like, you know, we gave away what you mentioned there last week, but we do try and bring a bit of intensity to the game, to, to you know, to Championship Hurling. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. And, these these fellas, I think, can take it whichever way it comes their way. They're, 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 they'll play studies if they have to, and they'll drive it on if they have to as well. So look, at, we'll bring our own what we feel is the right thing to do on the day to the match, and we'll see where it takes us. Um, and I suppose finally, uh, Mikey Cummins is obviously going to be key to that seven points, uh, averaging seven points a game thus far this championship. Um, you know, it's it's so important, really. You kind of need on on days like today for everything to go your way. And also, just before I finish up, um, I suppose I was asking the same question to Tommy Comerford about you know you were saying that the last time he played the Gunners, obviously there was four or five thousand people, um, you know, there like. It does the fact now that there isn't the kind of same kind of pomp and ceremony or the same kind of you know brass band before you go out does that kind of help you guys in a way because you know for a lot of lads I know this will probably be their first county final and sometimes all of that can kind of sidetrack fellas or can kind of get in fellas heads whereas this probably would be more like a bit more like a normal match because there isn't the same amount of kind of ceremony ahead of throwing yeah look at there's two there's two ways of looking at that like there's no guarantee you'll get to a county final and there's no guarantee when you get there you'll get back there so you would prefer to be honest that, that it was like normal and that people could experience the, the, the wonderful thing that it is I've been lucky enough to play in a few I've been lucky enough to go to some that my club are in here in Kilkenny and um, they're a wonderful occasion so you, you just don't want to take that away however I do accept your point and it, it may do that I'm not sure but it is it's a real feeling but look, you know what that's what it was as well and we just got on with it and like, that's all you can do it is what it is and it's not nice and it's sad in many many ways it's sad it's more sad apart from walking around playing brass bands and the, and the pump of the county final it's really sad like you get to know people that are completely passionate about passage hurling and I know a lot of them over the last couple of years and I know that they won't be able to be there Sunday, and that to me is the saddest part of the whole lot it's just for them it's just it's, it's just heartbreaking and I know they'll see it on telly or whatever but it's not the same whereas it is a brilliant thing to have at least you know but as regards Mikey Mikey's a young fellow making his way and there's you know there's no expectation for us from him he's he's only a kid and you know whatever will happen will happen but it's been a brilliant experience for him this year he's he's learned he's learned the ropes and you know when you're playing the types of Valley Gunner you learn a bit more again and you know I just say to him just go out inside and, and, and um, take whatever comes your way because he's very young and you have to be careful with young fellas like that not to put too much on their shoulders and we certainly don't 
Tracking sport across the southeast. Extra. Next, we turn our attention to Carlo, where Ballin Killen are back in the big time for the first time in 16 years. I call up with the Kilkenny man at the heart of it all, Tommy Comerford. It's the club's first county final in 16 years, which is a, a massive achievement. Uh, it's great for great for the lads, you know. Um, and yeah, it looked like last year we had that we had a little bit of a, an issue with the fixtures with the football. But that was resolved, and again, we gave St Mullins a, a right good run, and... Unfortunately, we just came up short, and we seen St Mullins here. Then after that, we went on um, to Leinster final, which was outstanding for Carlo Harlan and outstanding for St Mullins themselves. Can I can I ask you when you saw Mullins go to that run? Because we had them on the show around this time last year, or, or a little bit previous to that, when they were going towards that Leinster final. Um, did that kind of give you a kind of an ex, you know, more of a belief, knowing that you had run them so close, and then you know that that same team had gone on and, and done so well in Leinster. Kind of gave you a sense of, yeah, that's where we're standard at, and there's no reason why we can't be there. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, exactly. Uh, you have to, you have to believe in those things, and you see St. Mullins going, and like we said, probably a little bit of inexperience, um, probably let us down last year, you know. So like, you have to lose one to win one, as the saying goes. But mm. yeah, we took, um, we took great comfort in that, and seeing how how St. Mullins went, and just we knew. I knew anyway, and we the clubs know the standard of hurling in Cardo is very good. You know, it's up there with any level, um, and they they proved that by beating Kula, one of the the strongholds in in club hurling. Um, but yeah, yeah, we definitely we took uh, great points from it. Um, like I said, we were bitterly disappointed that we didn't get over the line last year. But look, we used that as our uh, incentive this year again. And I suppose it, it's you know with everything going on at the moment, it's so strange because you had obviously Leash going into lockdown, and a lot of clubs would be very you know even Greg Cullen are, are really are quite in the border there, and you know obviously even Colin Park itself is 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 so close. So it, it doesn't was it a kind of a strange thing where you were kind of going into it and you weren't sure whether that was going to affect things, or was was the kind of communication from Carlo kind of pretty consistent all the way through the the county board? I know. Look, in fairness, everybody was fairly. Um including exactly what's going on and it is the times and we, we've been touched by it ourselves and like there's been clubs in Carlo that have been touched by it and uh, one of our sister clubs that play football they had a, a case as well of it and we had a challenge match with our juniors that played um, O'Loughlin and they were they were touched by it as well like so you know every club is going to be involved in it some way uh, shape or form um, but yeah look it's, it's a bit of a tricky one and it's still an ongoing tricky one it's hard at the start anyway, it was kind of very hard to get overly excited because you had that in the back of your mind. You're thinking, will we get this championship finished off? Um, and look, thank God that it's looking like we're going to get it finished off now. Uh, all going well in the next in the next week. So look, it's a bonus. Uh, and look, we're just delighted to be there. Absolutely, I suppose you know a point win against St Mullins. Um, you're coming up against Mount, Le- Mount Leinster Rangers now. Um, given the fact that you kind of, kind of, kind of beaten Mullins, who were the you know the beaten Leinster finalists, would you consider yourself? Would you, do you think you're considered overdogs going into this game, or would you still see yourself as underdogs given the fact that you haven't been in the county final for so long? I know. I think look, we have to give massive respect to um, Rangers. Definitely, Rangers are the. I'm mean, not trying to you know put any spin on it or whatever but Rangers are out and out the, the favourites for the game um, they have quality all over the pitch and they have the experience of being there um, you know but again it's something that look we're not going to fear it, it anything can happen on the day um, and we'll be up for it and we'll be ready for it and just want the lads to turn up and if the lads turn up and give it a good go we'll, well be, we'll be there 
come the end of the game. Do you think the the kind of lack of crowds? Because I know, like it does look at all. It's all you're always noticing when they're not there, but particularly on a final day, particularly on a, on a county final day. Um, last week we had Kevin O'Regan on, and he was saying, you know, just the pomp and ceremony of it, the lack of a marching band, the lack of everything that's going to happen. Um, it's going to make it a very very different day, isn't it, than usual? Oh yeah, of course. Look, any any team, any game, um field-based game or any other sport, you want to have the supporters there. You know, the supporters are that extra man. And, um, it is going to be a little bit subdued, um, but it, it is what it is, unfortunately. Look, we're not going to let that take away from the occasion. We know that, in fairness to the club or the county board, that they are streaming the games now. And look, that's something at least people can get to watch them. Um, but definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a definite drawback not to have the, the supporters there on the day. But I suppose for yourselves, given the fact that a lot of your squad wouldn't be used to that kind of ceremony and oftentimes they say, you know, like squads that haven't played in county finals, squads that haven't played in big events, sometimes the occasion can get to them. That's obviously that cliche that goes around. Given the fact that there isn't going to be an occasion in the same way that it would normally be, does that kind of help you, you guys kind of kind of have that attitude to look at just as it's another game? No, I, I genuinely don't think so. Um, I know what, you, what you're saying, the lads can get caught up in the whole build-up and all that kind of stuff, but no, the lads are focused completely on a, on a county final. Um, the, the lads be ready whether there's fans there or no fans there, you know. Um, but I, I don't. I, I genuinely don't believe that, no. I think the focus is just going to be on the game. Like, they get caught up in the moment, you might get caught up in a little bit of hype, but once that ball is thrown in, the players don't take any notes of any fans or... Um, anything else that's going on they're just, they're just focused on the game from there on in and I suppose focusing on on Rangers like in terms of yourselves like what, what way do you see that game playing out where do you think you might be a little bit stronger or where do you think that you know the, the, the kind of the kind of areas for people to watch when if they're if they're tuning in on Sunday um, well look Rangers like I said they're a quality team and they're a quality team all over there lots, lots of strong qualities uh, they're very very strong up top Um like you see the likes of Fedders and Chris Nolan extra. and Grey Hurlers but on the other side of that I think our, our back line will, will counter that you know we have some great players in there as well uh, big names like uh, Dion Wall uh, David English Shawnee Whelan and then we have a few of the younger lads that are coming through as well you know um, so yeah I think look it could be a battle of our backs and their forwards and um, winning, winning that battle would be one of the key areas and then we just have to do the business up the other end then where we have, look, we have a lot of good quality up there as well. But again, on the other side, they have a lot of good quality in their backs as well. So it's hard to pick out where exactly and the battles are going to be won. But it's just going to come down to basically each man winning their own battle. And hopefully we come out on top in that respect and and uh, have a good run in the championship or have a good uh, say come the final whistle and I know Tommy you're, you're, a, you're a, a, a Kilkenny man but a, a Kilkenny native but I suppose you get a good sense even training this week kind of you know for, for a place like Ballinkellen to have a team back in the, in the county final has it, it brings a huge kind of lift to the to the town and, and to the village and I suppose so much more now with, with you know it's been a very difficult time for everybody it just goes to show you the kind of you know the, the effect that sport can have and it can kind of really raise a local parish we talk about it all the time but you know given the year that's, that, it's, that it's been it's, it's brilliant isn't it to be able to kind of give that lift to, 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 to the people of Alan Killen oh, of course yeah like you said now look unfortunately again like we said it's a pity that the fans can't be there um, you'd imagine I know with everything that's going on but you'd imagine some fans could have been there with the, with the right restrictions and maybe masks being worn and the whole lot um, especially in an outdoor kind of setting but 
It is what it is, unfortunately. But like the preparation during the week has been outstanding. You see the bunting up, the flags up, you know, the smiles on the lads' face, the buzz going around the place. It's um, oh, it's a great feeling. And like I said, like first time in 16 years, so Ballon Killing is absolutely buzzing. And again, they will get to watch it. They will get to stream it. They'll meet up in their houses with family and friends uh, and whatever way they can. And hopefully, whatever time it takes, look, we'll, we'll celebrate in whatever way we can down the line. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports beat extra. Neck and neck, shoulder to shoulder. Who's going to get it? Paul Robinson looks to have it, but can he last? Tobin's coming back on the inside. Robinson or Tobin to the line. Can't separate them. What a race. So what you heard there was the commentary of an incredible National Track and Field Championships 1500 metres men's final that took place uh, last week. Um, we have the unfortunate man who, having led the entire race uh, pretty much, um, you know, lost out by, I mean, by a hair's breath by the end of it. Uh, Sean Tobin uh, from Clonmel Athletic Club. Uh, thanks a million for joining us, first of all, on the line. I suppose, look, um, it's the Tuesday after. Um, how are you feeling about it? Are you are you very disappointed or are you still pleased about the race that you ran? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm still buzzing. You know, I'm, I'm quite excited from it. You know, it's got um, a great response and, um, I knew it was going to be an exciting one kind of going into it, especially between myself, Paul, and, and Andrew Coskran. So, um, no, I'm buzzing from it. You know, it, it, it's not often you kind of come so close to to winning and then kind of, you know, be, be still kind of happy with it. Like, uh, like, I don't think there's much more I could have really done. Um, and I think it just makes for a fantastic story as well with Paul, you know, being out for for six years with injuries so um, it, it's great to see him back so yeah it, 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 it's still pretty exciting yeah, we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen a, a kind of a finish like that since I think the the, the universities was it four years ago uh, around about four years ago Phil Healy um, with the four by one hundred relay um, like there's there's been some amazing finishes to to some of the some of the meets um, recently and it was interesting we were just having a little chat there before you came on came on air and you know a lot of people like you say that you're you're buzzing off it which is fantastic and I suppose you you said that you you were over in Australia with with Paul himself only over the winter so I suppose you know yourself how much it meant to him so probably made it a lot more I wouldn't say easier but you know you probably kind of yeah maybe it did probably make it a lot more easier when otherwise uh, you know might have been difficult yeah like, uh, like uh, Paul and I spent um, three months there out in Australia training with the Melbourne Track Club um, just in preparation pretty much trying to qualify for the Olympics this year but like even back there back in January like Paul went there, you know, well out of shape, um, kind of still on a comeback. You know, last year we were out in Spain together and he came back and he he was starting to get really fit. I was like, well, Paul's coming back here. And then he was unfortunate. He were raced in or paced in Oslo and tore his planter. And so he was out for another few months. But, yeah, just, just seeing him where he was in January and to see where he is now, he's just, it's it's like a different human being. So, and I knew he'd be a threat and going into the race. Like obviously, two of us kind of had our eyes on, on Coskran as well. We knew he Coskran's pretty dangerous, and he's been having a fantastic year. And we've all been training together, so you kind of have a, an idea of the guy's strengths and weakness. So you're always kind of keeping that in mind, especially going into these and the national champs. You know, you, you talk about 
even Phil's race as well. It's just it's the intensity that it's always there. You know, there's there's a lot on the line. It's not like an ordinary race. You know, so it is a national title, and and everyone wants to win one because you know it, when you, when you don't win, you kind of have to wait another year, and and you don't really know when you get another opportunity. Like last year, um, I didn't even get to compete. You know, I had hamstring tendinopathy, so um, so it was just great to even be there this year, and then. To have an exciting race like that with Paul was fantastic. Yeah, for for us it's exciting. Like that's that's one kind of buzzing. You know, it's promotion for our sport as well, and um, and especially it even being shown on on RTE and and then the live stream. You know, they've all done a fast, fantastic job to to just make it happen. You know, and you got to give it to Athletics Ireland and these, and they've all all made it happen. And and without them, you know what wouldn't have happened. So. Um, it's just exciting to be out there and you know it was still kind of eerie out there in the stadium no one there but like, once you got going um, it, it was just it was exciting you know you're still tuned in and, and everything was happening and you could still feel feel like with a small crowd or a small just number of officials and athletes you could still feel the intensity of that and, and the excitement even coming down in that last 100 metres so 0.02 of a second was the difference between yourself and Paul. Um, you missed out on, obviously, a f- Tipperary's first ever four-minute mile by just under four-tenths of a second. Um, is, you know, is, is, are you starting to, you know, when you're looking at the clock now, are you, are you, more, are you more almost focused at the, at the number beyond the decimal as the number before the decimal? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just been funny how it's kind of worked out, you know. Um, uh, like, I didn't even think I'd get the chance to race a mile or fifteen hundred this year, you know, our, our our focus was on the longer stuff. So, but really, like like you said earlier, you know, without sport and, cro- and that coronavirus and everything that's happened, we're just lucky to be on the track and and racing. And you know, that I'm I'm excited to do that and just get these opportunities. Like I think that's one thing we realised throughout the lockdown was um, we're just lucky to race. And you know, it, it you kind of have to tell yourself that again that we are lucky to be out there and even. If it wasn't a great result, like, and you're going home disappointed, you just kind of still got to reflect on that and see that we are lucky at this point to to have those races. Um, you spoke about obviously you're back to racing now. Um, you're back to the longer stuff this week. Um, at 10k. Um, as somebody who is very happy with the half an hour 5k. Um, tell us kind of well, what's the difference in strategy between obviously I mean you're going at it faster with a 1500 meters, but they're still pacing. But really, in in your own mind, what's the biggest difference between kind of the mental uh, kind of preparation for a 10k and the mental preparation for something like a 1500? Yeah, so this is going to be my debut for a 10k and the track, and um, so I, and it's always been told to, that it's the toughest race mentally on the track. Sometimes as you know, it's 25 laps around the track, and um, so it, it's it's going to be new to me. Um, obviously, I, I've I know there's a couple of other guys that that are in the race to watch out for, and we're still kind of trying to discuss what we can do um, tactically and, and what's the best thing, best way to go about it. And, you know, it's weather depending as well. Um, so you, you, you're kind of just slowly kind of working into it and day by day just trying to think what's the best thing. And um, so it, it's hopefully it'll be another exciting battle. Backing sport across the southeast. Beats Club Focus.
If you've been following our socials this afternoon, you'll have seen our video with this month's Club Focus winners at Carlow Rowing Club. The last time I was out at the oppressive facility on the banks of the Barrow, COVID-19 was barely a thought. So how have the club coped through life under lockdown after 161 years in existence? I spoke to Club Piro, Elaine Grant. We're 161 years now. We celebrated 160 years last year, which was huge celebrations. Um, 161 years going on, 162 I suppose. Um, yeah, so it's here quite a long time. The building has changed over the years, but the location hasn't, um, but our facilities have and, and the building itself. But uh, yeah, we're hun- over 160 years old. One of the oldest, I think we're nearly the second oldest rowing club um, mm. in the country. So yeah. I suppose 161 years, this is the 161st must be one of the strangest ever in the history of Carlo Rowing Club. Um, I suppose tell us a little bit about, because the last time I spoke to you we were in the depths of winter and we didn't even hear of the coronavirus, didn't exist. Um, So how has the club kind of adapted to all that and I suppose now what's the current situation with you guys in Rowing in Ireland? Um, Well the first sort of, we, we, our um, young rowers were in Belfast in February when the first sort of COVID case was was announced if you like so um, literally then we went into lockdown in March so the club just stopped literally just stopped overnight and you know we, we didn't get back here until maybe well, when restrictions were lifted, we, we got back. But during that time, um, the coaches, uh, Catherine Mall in particular, which is the head coach here, um, she took over uh, all the girls and junior girls and um, had them going through Zoom, through Zumba classes, through um, yoga with um, a local lady here, Connie Byrne. Um, they literally did everything. We had erg challenges, the, the rowing machine challenges. Um, they they rowed the length and breadth of every river in, in the country. They, you know, um, even the recreational rowers and the, the mams got involved and the mams all did the three sisters. So we all on rowing machines. Um, Carlo also held, uh, for the very first time, our, our regatta was cancelled mm. um, for the first time ever apart from being called off with the winds last year mm. um, our regatta which is always the June Bank holiday weekend was cancelled this year so we held for the very first time a virtual regatta which saw hundreds of athletes from all over the country from overseas from Scotland from Wales mm. our own athletes and we did it virtually so we did um, uh, three challenges of cycling rowing and uh, rowing machines now yeah. and um, they, they did that over the course of a day with um, I think it was I don't know many clubs hundreds of athletes and we managed that the the ladies of the the club got on board and we ran that for the very first time which is something that maybe we'd be able to carry forward in the next few years because honestly we don't know what's going to change yeah but i suppose we i was talking to you um in the winter and when i was talking to you you were talking you'd already done a few virtual kind of stuff you had the leaderboards up and you know for people to kind of so almost it's almost as if you knew something was coming along the line with it because you were already set up we've often done our own little challenges here particularly with the ergs but this was you know a little bit bigger with with um the 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 rowing machines and the cycling and um you know that sort of thing we we, the running the the kids all did that and um adults and we we pulled it together really really well and, and i suppose you know, a club has to adapt. It's as simple as that. And and this isn't going away. This is what we understand mm. from everything we're being, we've been told. You know, the club literally stopped. And when they did come back, you know, um, it was only in single skulls that they could come down. And only if there were families, say, of two sisters or two brothers, whatever, they could get into a double and get mm. out and row. That was only when restrictions were lifted. And um, we didn't have the use of our club. So we came down ready and we right. left. We didn't go inside. Now that they are back rowing, to an extent and in the in the bigger um boats and the you know they're 
they come down all boats are completely washed and disinfected afterwards. The oars are washed and disinfected. The children are washed and disinfected. <laughs> and, you know, that's what has to be done. And it's the new norm and everyone is used to it and everyone knows about it and everyone adheres to it. And, you know, we, we've, you know, our, our, our captain and uh, Pat Slater, you know, was adamant about that. And Seamus Scully, our president, and the coaches here are fantastic. They, they've all been great through, through all of this, you know, um, Robert Williamson and Avril Heslin take out the, the young boys and got them back going and mm. they've really kept the kids going in the last six months which has been phenomenal really you know be it on the water or, or you know via every other media we have they've been brilliant now that we're kind of slowly moving out I know that you guys don't have uh, nationals coming up even though I know some of your members have nationals in other sports um, does it make you kind of appreciate more now the kind of the location that you're in, the space that you have, the fact that you can go out because, yeah. you know, I mean, I know even though you weren't allowed in the building itself, just to be able to go out on the boat, it must yeah. be must have been the one time where you kind of got a sense of almost We're normality. We're absolutely so lucky in, in this area to have the facility we have here, to have the River Barrow on our doorstep, to have it looked after the way it's looked after. I mean, you, you take a look around you and the park is on one side, the town is on the other. You know, it, it's a beautiful setting location when you have the weather, of course. Mm. Um, so we're extremely, extremely lucky to have it. And, and you know, rowing will, will come back in its own time. Um, it has to, clubs have to stay going. All the clubs, uh, sports in Carlow, revenue is down hugely everywhere. We, we still have bills to pay we still have all of that to do um our regatta is one of our, our biggest revenue streams and and that's currently gone you know so we we have to rethink how we're going to do all this so it's a challenge mm. and but you know we've great committees here and, and people that have been involved in the club for over 60 years are still involved in all of that and and bring great um advice and and you know contribution is, is, is vital and where, where like is it where does it stand now going into the future as you say it's kind of difficult to plan with everything still kind of up in the air but do, do the clubs have plans and and what kind of have you been getting any sort of financial assistance in terms of the outlay or any sort of grant money or <laughs> no anything? financial assistance no we, we we do a little bit of fundraising when we can for different mm -hmm. things um, parents are great to get on board with those things. We we have to sit down and rethink all of that. Um, we have our membership, you know, which which is still quite large membership. We we put the feelers out only recently for new members um, to come on board this September to go back into winter training, and we've already had been inundated with with um, parents looking to get their children involved. Mm. You know, it's tough sport and it's six days a week, yeah. so they have to recognise that. But you know, the interest in rowing is great and. The club gives a huge to, to huge amount to these kids and then a lot of them come back and give back so they become coaches and trainers and just facilitate different things for the clubs as well. So it's a huge community that I want to be very proud of down here. This is Sportsbeat Extra. That's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcasts. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.